are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined now in our weekly segment or our weekly show with uh, my mentor, Mr. Rob Lance. Rob, how you doing there, man? I'm well, Mike, and uh, a good good day to you here as we move uh, towards spring, get some basketball over, and we uh, start to move into kind of those dead times, but there's still a lot going on that we can chat about. All right, so let's first and foremost, let's talk about the women's basketball ride, and honestly, the best thing that I can say about Adia Barnes is that I think she has turned this city somewhat into a college basketball or a women's college basketball city because I have never seen emotion like this going the way that it has. And that run to the national championship, you talk about something that galvanized this city. I think that there's the potential to really turn this into a women's basketball town. I think the potential is there for it. Of course, they need to continue winning um, and and making some deeper runs in March, I would think, before it becomes, you know, an an annual thing where people are really kind of checking into it besides just in March. Um, But we've seen this kind of come in fits and starts with some other sports. Uh, Of course, when the softball team's playing well, everybody's into it. We saw it with some of those Andy Lopez baseball teams where you don't necessarily follow it during the regular season, but when they get into the postseason, you really start to follow it. I, I don't necessarily know if turning it into a basketball school, Mike, are you saying like people are going to be checked in all the way from, you know, the, the first practice in, no, in oh, no, no, no. October? I'm saying, no, no, no. no. I, I'm saying, though, that I think the average fan is going to start to know some of the players. And I'll be honest with you. You and I are diehard U of A athletic fans. And honestly... The only two or three, there was only two or three women basketball players basically in my life here that really resonated. And that was Adia Barnes and Shantanese Polk. And then you had Ari McDonald come around. And the success, I think, with the women's basketball team under Joan Bonvicini always felt somewhat fleeting. The thing with Adia Barnes that I think is a little bit different, and again, a good point, I need to clarify, she's not going to turn this into stores, Connecticut, and Gino Ariema. But I think there really is the potential there, Rob, to turn this into something where you're not maybe an inner crust blue blood, but I think you could be looking at the inception of a top 10 national program here. I I agree with that. And I think that it could be um, one of those where you check in during the regular season. Uh, You know some of the players on the team and you check in during the regular season when you hear, oh, they've got a top five matchup against Stanford coming to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know you're going to maybe want to try and grab some some tickets to to go to that or or check it out on TV when they're playing up at Maples and I think that it it this is still such a it's a larger city than when we grew up Mike mm-hmm. Mike but it still has that small town feel to it where people are still going to rally around whatever the flavor of the month is uh, at Arizona and and if you can turn it into more than a flavor of the month thing then you can definitely. Uh, start to gain a lot more traction in the, in the community. I know quite a few people that have had season basketball tickets to, to women's games for the last couple of years, and they've been trying to tell me that, you know, we're building something here. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll see. But now I think that it's going to be something, especially with the recruiting coming in next year that, that you and I chatted or hit on a little bit last week, you're going to start to see maybe some of that becoming more annually. And that's no small feat for for a women's basketball program that was kind of an also ran and 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 you know in the in the dredges of the Pac-12 finishing you know 10th, 11th, 12th uh, for a number of seasons until more recently last year and this year. 
I think what's also unique about what what I watched with this Arizona team, and again, I uh, the women's game is something that I, I am not an expert by any means on, but the one thing that I did notice, until the Stanford game, Arizona didn't look like they were lucky. And what I mean by that is when Arizona played UConn, it looked like, and again, this could have just been one game because that's basically my test size right there, but it looked like Arizona basketball right now had about as much talent as UConn, at least in that one game. It didn't feel fluky what they did to the Huskies. Fluky was exactly the word that I was going to use. It didn't feel this run wasn't fluky at all. And uh, against Stanford, you're running up against a team that just had some more size, probably had some more talent, um, had some more weapons on the offensive end that they could go to. You know, with, with Arizona, it was McDonald or nothing uh, for, for long stretches, not just in the Stanford game, but kind of throughout the whole postseason run where you're seeing the difference between a team that's building towards something in Arizona and a team that has arrived like Stanford, a team that is a perennial, you know, number one seed in, in women's basketball. Um, and that's the next step for, for Arizona to take where this run wasn't fluky, Mike. I think you're right there. I think that they were well coached. They were well drilled and they had some star power too. But what's the next step here? You need to start to, you know, build on this, start to get some of those second and, and third tier scorers. So you're not just relying on, on one person. I completely trust Barnes to go ahead and do that with this program. And maybe we can get into it a little bit. Even though Arizona lost the title game, I think that Adia Barnes was the big winner of this March. I think she is 100% the most beloved coach on campus. And I don't even think it's close. I'll tell you what, why don't we why don't we explain why that is? And then we're going to get to a little bit of men's basketball as well. But if you watch these ladies out there, these are some strong women. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me at all if they've consumed a built bar at some point in their life. You know, I'm trying to get big and strong. And I can say that the gains that I've gotten right now, I can say that they're directly attributed to working out with the built bar. But not only the built bar, but the built bar motivation that comes in play. Because I know when I'm done pumping iron and getting buff, I know that that built bar is right around the corner for me. So that's something easy to really get behind right there. If you're not a, if you're not consuming a built bar, you should be consuming a built bar because I know my guy Rob Lance is as well. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats with Rob Lance. I am Mike Luke. All right, Rob, let's talk a little bit about what it makes Adia Barnes special. And when I watch that game, I can tell you what, if I had a if I had a daughter who was a good basketball player, watching that game, even in a loss, would make me want her to play for Adia Barnes even more. And here's what I mean by that. She never, ever, ever loses her cool. She, I mean, she gets animated. It's not like she's a droid out there, but she never loses her cool. And look at that last play of the game. And a couple of the last plays, when the ball went off the Stanford player's leg and it was clear that that was a blown call by the ref and a huge blown call by the ref. Adia Barnes lets the ref know that you definitely missed that call. And then within 20 seconds, she's on doing something else. And then at the end of the game, when Ari McDonald can't make that shot, she's still, you know, obviously she's a little upset, but she goes right there, gives her a hug, gathers her women together, and goes from there. And I think it's, it's two-pronged here. First of all, everything seems like a teaching moment for her. And also, when you've got a coach that doesn't lose their emotion, doesn't lose their temperament, I think it's much easier, especially when you're dealing sometimes with teenagers, for them to be able to look and say, 
oh, okay, well, Coach Barnes is calm. We need to be calm. And there's just something about the quiet confidence she has that's incredibly impressive. I love her demeanor. I love her demeanor on the sidelines. I love her demeanor in interviews. I love the way she carries herself, you know, on, on social media. Mike, this is a, this is a woman that I'm, I'm right there with you. If I had a daughter or somebody in my life that was looking to go play D1 college basketball, I'd be like, you know, Dia Barnes is maybe somebody you want to, you want to play for. I mean, just look at how Aaron McDonald uh, reacted in her post-game press conference, just talking about how much trust the two of them had in each other, how, how they helped each other. Mentorship is, sometimes you always get this feeling that mentorship is from the older person to the younger person. And, and that's, that's true, but it's also a two-way street where the younger person can also share their experiences with the older person. And Barnes seems like the kind of person that's open to that two-way sort of mentorship where, you know, I have a lot of knowledge that I want to share with you, but you have your own life and your own worldview and your own perspective on things. I'm open to hearing that as well. And I think that's so important as a teacher and as a coach, not only to be cool in those tough moments, but also in those quiet moments away from the court to be open to clear communication with the people that are in your life, setting clear objectives, clear goals, listening to them, because you're not going to be successful as a coach on or off the court if you're not listening to feedback from your players and taking that into account as well. I think that is so important, and, and I think that you get that from Barnes and like you said, that cool demeanor when things aren't necessarily going their way is such a calming influence when you're when, you know, there's live bullets out there flying. And the way that she reacted after the end of the of course, she's disappointed that that her team didn't win a national title. But you're right, Mike. What's the first thing she did? She went over and she hugged her players. She let them know how much she cared for them, that she loved them and she was proud of them. And that goes such a long way. Uh, towards towards building, you know, not only within your program, but that's stuff that fans see, and that's things that fans can rally behind. Now, I think you you're, and I don't think that I uh, I'm out of touch speaking um, and telling people what you're up to, but you're about to be a teacher, and I think the thing that Rob you you laid out there right there that I think was incredibly succinct is when you're a basketball coach, yes, you're trying to win games, but you're also trying to teach. And I think that's exactly what Adia Barnes said about, yes, I'm the coach. I am still on top of the totem pole, but this is still a back and forth. I want to see how you react to things. I want your input on things. And you just see how the women respond to her. And again, I would imagine Arizona takes a little bit of a step back next year. But this seems like something that's just getting started. I would say that this is a little bit akin on the women's side to maybe losing Sean Elliott, and you're like, okay, well, you're probably going to take a little bit of a step back, which Arizona did. They took a slight step back, but you know what? He was able to use that Final Four run to bring in an even higher caliber of recruit, and I think that's what you're probably going to see on the women's side here, though, Rob. I think so, too, And, and I think that they got a lot of national exposure. She's kind of a media darling, right now too as she um, should be a lot of articles yeah absolutely not just locally uh you see a lot of articles like on the athletic has had a number of different articles about her you see some stuff on si you see a lot of people giving her a lot of love and it's not just because they were winning mike it's how they were winning and how they were carrying themselves that speaks for itself it's it's not like you have somebody out there that's a, a, like you said a robot that's just kind of going through the motions and uh but you don't have somebody that's a hothead either she kind of finds that nice lane to stay in and and the thing also with it with being in your lane it's authentic you know that you're getting the authentic version 
of Arya Barnes or Adia Barnes, excuse me, if you're, you know, if you're one of her players or if you're interacting with her in an interview setting or if you're at the the welcome back last or yesterday or on on Monday with uh, with the team coming back, I mean, it, you get the authentic feeling that that she is really who she is and who she's showing you. I think she also played the disrespect card perfectly. I'm not a huge fan of playing the disrespect card because as, as I've talked about, I've seen number one seeds like Kansas say, oh, nobody believed in us. Well, stop. Yes, they did. But when you have the NCAA basically locking you out of a Final Four video, when you have those kind of roadblocks to even being known, when you have Ari McDonald being not only a second-team All-American, but the national media can't even get her name right, that's an issue right there. So I was totally okay with Coach Barnes giving the finger and letting him know that, you know what, you can do that, and here's going to be my response to that. Well, that's what I go back to being the authentic person that she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people were talking about, should she apologize? Absolutely not. That's a, that's a moment between her and her team that just happened to be caught on camera. Um, that she played it up as well as she could. You know that that was talked about in practices. You know that was talked about in the pregame. That, you know what, ladies? The NCAA doesn't even think you should be here. And we're taking on UConn. They don't even feel like you should be here or deserve the respect to even be in a promotional video that they're running for this game. Uh, Of course it's something that's going to get you fired up. And I love that they could play that up. Of course it has to be an authentic thing. I I keep using that same word where you're right, Mike. We we see it in sports all the time where the the nobody believes in us thing. Like nobody believes in in, in Tom Brady. Yes, (laughs) Yes, yes, dude. Yes, they absolutely do. People believe in you, Tom. We know that you can win Super Bowls. Okay, (laughs) settle down. But yeah, when it is an authentic sort of thing, then, then it comes through and, and it can be a highly motivating factor. And I think that was a, a huge motivating factor. Not only, of course, you want to win the game, but then you add that extra layer of motivation because you're not just trying to beat the team that's in front of you. You're kind of trying to stick it to some other people that weren't maybe paying attention to you or weren't giving you credit for what you'd achieved. Let's talk now a little bit about the men's basketball team and some of the turmoil slash rumors going around that might not really be true. If you all watched the national championship game last night and you thought, like I did, that Baylor was going to win, then you should have thrown some money on betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place to get all that information. All right, Rob, let's switch over to the men's basketball side. Everybody's freaking out right now about what is the status with Sean Miller. And here's my here's my take. There is no news until there's news. And so everybody running around saying this is going to happen, this is going to happen, I don't think anybody has any idea. Nobody really has juice on this topic. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you that I know what's going to happen because I have absolutely no clue. But if you were to ask me, this is just a guess, I think Sean Miller's coming back as the head coach next year. You have to operate. Um, of course, there are some rumors saying that he might be let go in the next couple of weeks. Well, there were some rumors a couple of weeks ago that people were saying he was going to be extended. I don't think that anybody has any clear picture on this besides President Robbins, uh, Dave Hickey, and Sean Miller. And and to think that maybe they aren't communicating all that great, I mean, okay, that might be the case. Um, but to, to say, you know, definitively, or even to throw a rumor out there like that without being able to back it up with anything is really difficult. And I think that it, it, it just throws a fan base that's already kind of on edge into a frenzy and i think that's what you're seeing here where there's you know we don't have any definitive news and you know we've always kind of been waiting we talked about this what a month ago mike that 
I think we both could have seen how Miller could go into the year next year without a contract. And that was a realistic thing that you could see happening for a lot of reasons that we that we laid out in that pod. One being, you don't necessarily have all of the answers to the questions that you have right now from what's coming from the Independent Review Board. So we still don't have any answers on that. We probably won't have any answers soon. But until we start to get some actual definitive news that can be sourced, I'm kind of just sitting here thinking Miller's going to be back next year and maybe he has a contract extension, maybe he doesn't. How many times has the obituary on Sean Miller been written? I mean, that's why I'm kind of at the that's why I'm kind of at the point now where when he's not the head coach and I'm not saying this is good or bad, when he's not the head coach, I'll believe it at that point. Until then, yeah, I fully it's, it's becoming a bit of a, a boy that cried wolf sort of thing. You know, I we we need some actual definitive proof before we actually have to see wording from the university one way or the other on that before i'll even i'll believe it you know coaching search on twitter whatever with your tommy lloyd stuff whatever that anybody can throw that stuff out you know i think that uh i thought that maybe hubert davis was going to be the new head coach at uh, (laughs) north carolina you probably could have written that months ago right uh but doesn't mean that you're necessarily you know breaking news there for anything anybody can throw anything out like that and it's just it's frustrating from a fan standpoint like i said mike for a fan base that's already on edge and wants answers and when there aren't any it just makes it even more frustrating it just makes it more frustrating but i think you you've also got to avoid just being whipped up into a frenzy because nobody really knows right now what exactly is going on again i don't know you don't know nobody really knows but it looks like Arizona is going to be getting a commitment here shortly. It looks like, you know, Sean Miller's still out recruiting. So, sure, I mean, you know, there could be certain camps saying certain things to you. But, again, I'm nobody really knows. And I think, Right, and, and maybe, who knows, maybe Miller is let go in, in the next two weeks. Which is certainly possible. he doesn't have a definitive answer on that yet either. Of course he's going to be out recruiting. So you can't necessarily read into that uh, too much. But, I mean... Yeah, I, I think that the the rumor mill, especially this time of year, when you get other schools that are hiring coaches, it's always going to, to be interesting, especially when you have a coach that you don't think is necessarily maybe going to be back next year if he is, if he's not given a, a contract extension. You kind of maybe want to get a leap on that. I can understand that perspective from a fan base, but also just everybody pump the brakes a little bit until we start to actually get some actionable intelligence on this. Yeah, and what I think about it too is that if you were going to make a, a move, almost all of these schools have made their move. Now, again, you know, maybe Arizona moves on its own time. But I would, again, and I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but I would just caution people to pump the brakes because the one thing that I think that we found out, whatever you think about Robbins and Hickey, and this is, was especially uh, true during the uh, Jed Fish hire, these people know how to keep a secret. Nobody knew about Jed Fish until Jed Fish was basically announced. Right, you heard that name maybe a week before, and people were like, "Not ah, really. That, mm-hmm. That's not a real candidate." Right, and then suddenly you're like, "Wait, no, wait, this is the real head coach." You're- okay, and and credit to to him, he hasn't put a foot wrong since he stepped on campus, Mike. But he also has to eventually coach some games, so we'll see what happens then. Um, so maybe the administration's riding high from the good PR that they've gotten from that. Uh, but really, again, you, there's no definitive answer there if Fish is going to be a good head coach or not. So uh, we still don't have answers on, on that. We still don't have answers on Miller. Rob, let's talk a little bit later in the week, but I just wanted to get you back in here and break down a little bit of women's hoops and just kind of tell the community to pump the brakes. I love it, Mike. Always fun to join you. Talk to you soon. For Rob Lance, I'm Mike Luke.